0: Welcome to the show. Today we have Miran. He is the founder of Miran KTV. He's danced with legends like Madonna and Britney Spears. He's now a dad to twin girls and runs a successful dance and production studio. Miran, let's go. You are a work machine. Do you ever stop?
2: I don't know. At this point, I got so many big dreams. Like, I'm not comfortable to stop. For sure, I'm like, I really, really wanna accomplish a lot of stuff really, really fast. And I feel like the only way I could do it is if I try to outwork everybody else, I guess. Just put in more work than I feel like anybody else would just to get there faster, I guess.
0: Do you feel like you're in control of your destiny?
2: I think I'm in full control of my destiny. I know it's just a matter of time. That's the only thing that I don't have control is the time. Also, knowing my personality, there's really no end goal either. Really, I just want to keep building. One thing I've realized is that I have to be way more patient than I was. I started learning patience like this last five years, maybe. Before that, I was always about like fast, fast, fast. Just got to keep going and keep hustling and and doing what I love to do. Cool thing about it is, as much as it sounds like work, it's really not. But it's kind of almost like fun and exciting. You feel like you're making things happen.
0: I feel like you have this out-of-world mindset. I think it's just
2: my work ethic. The only thing I could really vouch for is that I would really try to outwork anyone. I go to sleep when I just fall asleep. Even knowing myself as a little kid, I've always wanted to do a lot. I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. I don't know, maybe because my dreams are so big, I have no idea. I always feel like if I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, those are my rewards, you know what I mean?
0: You've been in the online game for a while. Do you feel like that's helped you get your classes online?
2: It's tricky with the classes, honestly, because you get different people. Certain people love you and love to take your class, but they just don't want to do it on Zoom. You know, even with my students that physically come here, that don't want to be on Zoom. I realized some of them maybe just have one computer at the house. When we started doing the Zoom classes, some people just don't have the space at the house. Zoom has been really tricky. It's funny, like I ended up getting a lot of people that just follow me on Instagram. And then when we started classes back up, I kind of kept the Zoom as well and did it at the same time. So we've been trying that too, experimenting with that. I don't know if you noticed, I went live on my YouTube. We're just trying things and experimenting. And now I'm doing like seven videos a week.
0: I just love your attitude. (laughs) We've got to take it back to the beginning of your story. You lived out your dad's dream. And I will never forget that story. I've never met anyone else who's done that. I didn't really understand and appreciate that
2: until I got older as well. Because my dad is really cool and chill. And sometimes he's like super low key, never really talks too much. He's a good listener. He figures people out by just listening. He could figure you out within a good 10-minute conversation. I understood him more when I got older. I was born in Armenia, 1985, one of the smallest countries you could think of. Yeah, I mean, I grew up there until I was seven years old. Things were tough. I remember we were given water and power and things like that. So, like, we would only get water from, like, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then you would have to save that water for drinking water or to wash dishes or to take showers and things like that. And then same with power, you would get lights, at certain hours of the day and then the rest of the day we would just use candles and things like that. I tell this story, but at that time that was just normal. That was just life. It wasn't like I thought we were poor or anything. We lived in a 200 square foot space, but it just didn't really feel that way. We were always happy. My my parents never made us feel like we didn't have enough. But in 92, we sold our house for six tickets. We pretty much traded our house that we lived in for six tickets to America to kind of come and start a new life. Thank God my dad had family here. We lived in LA, which is funny. The year we came in 92, and we came exactly at that time, Rodney King protests and all that stuff that happened. Imagine coming to America and then all of a sudden, like all of Hollywood is fights and things are burning. And you're like, where did I come? This is America. My dad was a dancer choreographer in Armenia. He decided that he was gonna open up a dance school here in Glendale City that had a good population of Armenian kids. Me and my brother just started going with my dad to dance because it was just something we did. And that's how everything started. I started dancing at the age of seven. My dad would just mix everything he knew and kind of just put together like little theatrical shows and dance shows and things like that. I danced with my dad from like eight, seven to like 13. Learned a lot just watching, being inspired by Michael Jackson. And then at age 13, it was when something connected with me where I was, okay, I really want to do this for real. That's when I got really inspired to be a dancer and at age 13 is when I mentally convinced myself okay I'm gonna be a professional dancer this is what I want to do in my life after that nothing really mattered for me anymore so I started taking more classes figuring out where else I could dance meeting people and this went around maybe for another two years one time when I started dancing we had this performance at our high school it was like a theater workshop and our teacher took anything that you could do on stage and taught the kids so we We would sing in that class, we would act in that class, we would dance in that class. So it wasn't just drama, it was literally everything. I performed and danced and danced in that group and had a video cassette of myself filmed, which people were like, you should send it out to agencies and things like that. So we sent out our video cassette to like a few agencies, and somebody wanted to meet me, and they were like, Oh, we really love your video. We like to meet you and your parents. We went to the meeting and the conversation was pretty much, we think you're awesome, we don't mind giving you a try, maybe sending you out to to some auditions and see what you could do. They were like, please write a list of names of artists that you would like to work with, or you dream to work with. So I was like, Michael Jackson was one, Britney Spears was one, and then a few other names. And then after that, I just started going to small little auditions. And then around 17 and a half was when I auditioned for Britney Spears and I booked her job, which was my dream job. Yeah, I booked that job. And that's kind of really where my dancing career started. With. For that Britney Spears audition, I remember when I knew I had to go, I didn't tell anybody. I really wanted to go and book this audition. It was like a dream. And I didn't want anything to take me away from it. Like I didn't want to focus on anything else that was going to distract me. And honestly, I don't really know where that came from, that mindset. I was so nervous that I couldn't sleep the night before. And that was it. It was like three, four day audition. Every day I would pass to the next level. And every day I would be like, wow, okay. I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. One one more step. We got into that top 25, 30 dancers, and that was the time when Britney Spears came. She's watching us, the director's watching us. They would bring people in two at a time and then three at a time. And then they would stand us next to Britney to see how we look as a group. And then the last eight, I remember they brought us back in, and it was eight of us, and they were like, Congratulations. are the dancers. And it was like, that was the first time I've ever had tears of joy. I started working with Madonna after that because I worked with the same director, Jamie King, who wanted me to come audition for Madonna as well. And then I did a tour with Ricky Martin right after that, which was amazing because I got to go to a lot of the countries in South America that I never traveled to. So imagine like a one-year paid vacation. You're performing with one of the best artists. I really felt like I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish as a dancer. And that's where all my other stuff that I wanted to achieve afterwards was like choreography. And then I wanted to get into doing more direction. And I wanted to go into like producing. I just wanted to constantly grow in that same field of entertainment. I didn't want to get stuck in one place. And that's why we're here What a studio and a channel and want to build more things. A lot of the Gary V content started helping me, I would say like maybe four or five years ago to really
0: get motivated. As much as I could do, I still need that motivation as well. When you were a backup dancer to Madonna, did your dad ever come out to see you perform?
2: Yes. With the Madonna thing, I never grew up on Madonna. So my Madonna was Britney Spears. And I overheard my dad and mom talking. And then I hear that it was my dad's dream to dance for Madonna. And then he got to live his dream through me, which was amazing. And now knowing that I have kids and whatever dreams they have, I'm there 100% to support them. I would love to see my kids achieve some amazing things, even things that I wanted to achieve and maybe I don't. I know it would be the most amazing feeling so I definitely know how he feels being such an amazing dad to me. I feel like as a dad, it's your responsibility to be in the kid's life. There will come an age where they will appreciate that and they will remember that. And I can remember that with my dad. Even when I was on tour, he would always call me. He would always reach out. He would always check up on me. And at that time, I was already like 16, 17. So I would be like, yeah, yeah, Dad that is cool. You know, I'm good. You don't need to call me all the time. But he always did it anyway. He made sure that that connection was never broken. He made sure that he was going to stay in my life. He made sure that I knew that he was there whenever I needed him. And even until this day, we have such a cool relationship.
0: And that's how I want to be with my daughters. I saw that you went through a divorce. How did that affect you and your family?
2: It's different. I also think I got married when I was young. I believe I was like 25. I didn't really figure myself out until I was 30. (laughs) When you're looking back, you think you know everything. And it's funny. Now I'm the guy who tries to say that to my younger students who are like 20, 21 in relationships. I'm like, listen, man, I've been there. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, I think one of the things was that I was really young. We were both young. And also, she was somebody that I knew for a very long time. We've been like childhood friends and boyfriend and girlfriend, like since we were like 13, 14 years old. So we had that history. There was a lot of things that were starting to separate us. Thinking having a baby and then you have twins, you know, all of a sudden that changes a lot of things. We ended up getting nannies, you know, to get extra help. So now there's strangers at your house almost like 24 seven. And then it came to a point where it was a mutual agreement. of We understood that whatever we had was not there anymore. I felt like I was not being the best me that I could be. I'm sure she felt the same way. But I think that time, that heals a lot of things. We have a great relationship now. Everything really comes down to the kids at this point. We're doing everything for them. We're at a great place, honestly. Do the kids ever want you to get back together? I honestly think we did a really good job of showing them so much love throughout that process where they really didn't even understand what was going on. Why dad doesn't stay with us all the time anymore was the main question. And even for me, honestly, I feel like I became a better dad after the separation. When I'm with them, I'm catering just for
0: them. Does your dad ever come to the studio and dance?
2: I don't know if he comes to dance, no, but he's really hands-on. Honestly, a lot of the stuff like here that's made out of wood, my dad built with his hands. He's a crafty guy. He's been coming and helping and helping us with some creative stuff. Because don't forget, he's a creative guy. He's been in the entertainment thing in Europe his whole life. Everything that we wanted that we couldn't find to purchase, he was like, all right, I'll build it. Who was the
0: cool member of your team that was in the Coke video?
2: So Eric, he's a good friend of mine. He's known me for a really long time. He's actually known me since I was 14, 15 years old. I brought him into the studio to work with us full time every now and then and I'll have a few concepts where I'm like, all right, Eric, you got to be in the video this time. And he's always up for a good time. Do you hire people who came up with you? A yes and no. I mean, these are all people who've showed a lot of interest in what I do. So it also comes from their side. It was a relationship we kind of built. And then as I was growing and as I needed a team, they were the first people I thought of.
0: I saw that right before COVID, you were doing a lot of collaborations. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, so we signed Tiny T to MTA. We signed her to an agency. So we've been sending her out to a lot of auditions and castings. And she's she's been booking nonstop. So yeah, she got to perform with Taylor Swift. With, so that was iconic. She's in that new Rosalia video with Travis Scott. With her is just a matter of time until we get one of those calls for Disney or Nickelodeon or some type of TV show that she's just gonna be perfect for. This is all happening and she was just eight. She just turned nine and she's a workaholic. She reminds me like a little me. <laughs> what 80 year old do you know that texts her manager on the phone like, oh, are we meeting today or are we gonna have that rehearsal? I'm not joking. She's like a grown-up. Calm down, Tiny. I'm like... (laughs)
0: What is the it factor?
2: You know, it's certain things like you just don't have to teach. Like I always say this even in dance class. Everybody can learn the dance steps. But it's the way you do the steps. It's the feeling that you put behind it. It's the attitude. It's that confidence. It's all of that stuff that you really can teach. And it's something that you either have it or you don't, but you can build on it i worked with a lot of kids in the last 10 years that have literally been in and out of my studio. And I can really say she's definitely the only one I could think of that is that quick with it on all factors. I remember at seven, we were shooting a music video for her and I wasn't done. I remember her mom told me that I had to bring her back at a certain time, she had a birthday to go to. So I told Tiny, I was like, hey Tiny, don't worry about it. We'll just finish it tomorrow. This was her words. She was like, I don't care about the birthday. I'm trying to finish this video. What's seven year old says, I don't care about the party. I'm trying to finish this video. And I have twins that are her age. My girls are just kids.
0: Do your daughters get jealous of her?
2: No, I don't think they do. I haven't seen that. But again, like I said, I showed so much love to my kids. and They'll just all hang out and, and, and play and, and things like that. What are your kids' dreams? I really feel like they're still just kids. They just love doing a lot of stuff. But they are very arts and crafty. They like to build a lot of stuff. They go to arts school. They'll create stuff. I'll be like, how did you do that? Like, I can't even do that. And my mom spends a lot of time with them. My mom was an active person, too. She used to play the guitar and being a, a hippie girl band back in Armenia. Yeah, they come from a family of, we all do like, we make sure they're doing something. I'm just letting them explore themselves because I honestly just want to support them in
0: whatever they want to do. Are you going to let them paint one of the walls in your studio?
2: Lily actually does a really good job. She has this abstract way of painting, she'll mix all these colors and get like these crazy designs. So if she wants to get a go at it once, yeah, why not? We'll let her paint. Do they compete with each other? Sometimes. They'll try to come to me and ask me, for example, they both made something and now I have to tell them which one is the best.
0: Right? Like they have
2: contests? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I love both. You have your own style. You have your own style. It's amazing and unique in your own little way. Just keep painting and have fun. I mean, they're siblings. They're always going to have the little arguments and things like that, but they're really good. They can play with each other for hours.
0: Kids that have their grandparents in their lives receive so much love and care and character from them. I remember one
2: of my neighbors at the old place that I used to live in. I think we were asking them questions when we were just having kids, or I think we were just going to have the twins. The one thing they told me was like, just show them a lot of love. That's all you need to do, just show them a lot of love. Let them know that they're loved. And I don't know why that always stuck with me. Like, I always remember him saying that.
0: I heard that Madonna rented out a theater and you got to hang out with her. Tell me more.
2: That was in Chicago.
0: Where in yeah. Chicago?
2: We stayed in downtown. Yeah, long story short, we just wanted to go to the movies. She loves movies, and we would always like do movies every now and then, even in the hotel room or whatever. So I guess she just was like, do you guys want to go to the movies? And we were like, yeah. We ended up just renting out the whole theater, I guess. (laughs) And we walked there, too. We didn't even take a car. All the dancers and her, of course, like six, eight bodyguards, they were the type of bodyguards that they never really stood next to her, so they didn't like bring a lot of attention. Another funny story, so we went there, you know, we watched the movie. As we're walking back, a few people recognized the dancers. So they came up to us, they're like, oh, you guys are Madonna's dancers, we know we were at the show the other day, you guys are amazing, and she's with us. She just has a hat on and she's just walking with us. They did not one bit even recognize her. We're cracking up, obviously, because we're all looking at each other. The bodyguards are laughing. And we did that with Britney, too, actually. She lived in Soho in New York. She decided that she just wanted to go down to the liquor store with a few of us, with the dancers, and she didn't want to call her bodyguards. So we did the same thing. We walked by, but she had no hat on, nothing. If you know her, you know her. And a couple of people were like, oh, that's Britney Spears. And then I heard somebody else go, that's not Britney Spears why would she just be walking down the street I guess you know every now and then they want to do normal stuff too did
0: you ever want center stage looking back I
2: noticed that I was more into the business aspect of things even with my channel as you can see I'm like trying to cater to making it a mirror on tv and I get more excited now and building things than keeping the focus on me you know what I mean I felt like in the beginning at that time when I was growing up you kind of had to be the focus almost to be known as like a dancer or a singer or a rapper or whatever and Even now, like that's why everybody builds personal brands, right? I don't like it. It's not my thing. I don't like to be in the front, but I will be until I don't have to be. Next week, we're making the transition on Instagram and stuff. We're also going to make Miron TV, where we're just going to put everything that we produce on Miron TV on Instagram and not Miron K, which has kind of been my personal page slash everything else I've been putting there. That's kind of what we're gearing up for. And that's the transition you would see in the next six months of having a solid Miron TV Instagram channel, a solid Miran TV Facebook channel, and the YouTube channel that we have now. And then we'll see where we'll build after
0: that. Well, I look forward to following your next six months and let people know how they can find you.
2: I mean, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's just Miron K, M-I-H-R-A-N-K. The studio is Miron K Studios. You could also find that on Instagram. My YouTube is Miron TV, where all my content lives. Follow me on any of those channels, and I will see you guys all soon. Thank you. I had so much fun. Thanks for um, having me.
0: Let's hear from my daddy.
1: Moran, I want you to know that Better Call Daddy could originate with you because the way you got started is that you understood from being just a little boy how important it was to have a relationship with your father. And not only that, but the type of sacrifice giving up his living quarters for a ticket for opportunity in America, in Hollywood. Just like with the way my grandmother came to this country, her brother went back home because when they moved to New York, I guess she was 17 during the depressionary times. She says it was easier in her home, in her home country when she came to America. But the truth of the matter is, is that America is the land of opportunity, and dreams can come true here in America. And this is what it's really all about, is where you're not living for yourself, you're living for your whole history of your family and the future of your family, fantastic. You're fulfilling your dad's dreams as well. And he's so proud of you, of not only excelling in dance, but continuing to grow and help others, which is what he has stood for, So he's passing on these values and truths to you. What you've been able to do is take some extra time in maturing yourself and your own goals and have done just an incredible job of developing many different features where you're not just dancing, but you're also running a studio and you're helping others fulfill their dreams. You have found someone that has unbelievable talent and natural ability, what we call the it factor, where you either have it or you don't. When a window of an opportunity comes up and you don't take advantage of it, guess what? It might never come again. You don't rest on your laurels. You keep putting in the hard work. You keep going for it. This is why people are successful. Not because they got just a break, but they take advantage of that break and break out and build on it and really continue to keep going and going and take it as far as it can go. And that's called dedication. It's talking about where hard work pays off and setting that kind of example is able to not only make you successful, but it helps others see that example and it gives them an opportunity to be successful, the people around you as well.
0: Manscaped. A well-groomed man is so attractive, don't you think? Buy any custom-engineered grooming care from manscaped.com and receive your 20% off using the code BCD. Better Call Daddy. If you found that entertaining, don't forget to subscribe. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG. Let's connect at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.